next level church happy thanksgiving weekend yes man oh man i am sure that you and your family like me and my family we ate like crazy so happy thanksgiving weekend want to say welcome uh, welcome to all of our locations welcome to our east location also known as gateway for a few more weeks welcome to all of our services at fort myers and welcome to our bonita springs location welcome to all of you online as well maybe you're traveling with your family this week so you're catching uh next level church when you're outside of southwest florida we love 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 that and let me say a special welcome also uh to every single one of you who perhaps are here uh, from out of town. Maybe you have come into town uh, to visit family, to spend some time here in Southwest Florida. And so welcome, man. We're just so honored and so thankful that you would take a few minutes out of your weekend uh, to be a part of one of our Next Level Church services at one of our three locations. We're just honored that you are here. Well, this is post-Thanksgiving, and so uh, here's what I thought would be a, a lot of fun. I, I know that for most all of us, Thanksgiving is not just a, a, a holiday where we celebrate uh, with, you know, good people and hanging out and fun memories and watching football, but Thanksgiving really is about one thing, maybe more than anything else. Come on, you know what it is. Food. Yes, right. Food. And I, I know if your family's anything like ours, you consumed some serious caloric intake this weekend. Yes. So here's what I thought would be fitting. I thought it would be fitting for us to look at a couple of Bible verses that actually talk about food. Everybody good for that? Come on, look at this first one. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2, the Apostle Paul is writing, and he says this. He says, I gave you milk, not solid food. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Unlike all of us this past Thursday who were ready for it, Paul says you weren't ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. Of course, he's talking about the word of God being food, of course, but thought that was a fun scripture. Here's another one. Jesus actually said, John chapter 4, verse 34. Look what Jesus said. Jesus said, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish dessert. Wait a second. Jesus didn't say finish dessert. Come on, you guys. Some of you still got Thanksgiving brain, man. Come on. What did he say? He said, my food is to do the will of the Father who sent me and to finish his work, not finish dessert. It's not all about eating pumpkin pie and apple pie, a la mode. Come on, somebody. Okay, those two verses have nothing to do with anything. I just wanted to share them because they had something to do with food. Now, let's talk about this. Let me, let's, here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about making better decisions. 
Making better decisions. I mean, some of us, we need some help because we made some poor decisions on Thursday, and now you're like, uh-oh, we're headed into Christmas. I need to make some better decisions in terms of consumption. That's okay. That's, of course, one level of decisions. But I, I want to I ask you a question. Have you ever wanted to make better decisions? Come on, show of hands. Every location. Have you ever wanted to make better decisions in your life? Yeah, we all have. Of course, we all have. You ever struggled to know the difference between good and evil, between right and wrong? Ever, ever struggled to, to, to know the, the difference between what, what a wise decision is and what an unwise decision is, or a correct or an incorrect, or a, a, a helpful decision versus a, a, a not a helpful decision? Let me ask you this question. Have you ever struggled to discern God's will for your life? See, life is, a, is, is made up of a, of a series of decisions. As a matter of fact, I would say it this. I would go so far as to say this, that your and my life is really the sum total of the decisions we make. So church, listen, think of that. That means that if you and I can learn from the Bible how to make better decisions, it has the power to change everything in our life. And maybe you're here this weekend and you're not a churchgoer kind of person. You're not kind of into the whole thing, but somebody said, hey, you got to come. You got to check out my church. And so you're here, which again, we love that you're here. By the way, we created this kind of place for you. But even the, the most unchurched among us, even those who are going, man, I'm not sure about the whole Bible thing. Guess what? I have a feeling that every single one of us this weekend have a desire in our heart to make better decisions. Have you ever made a decision and then afterwards wish you could have a do-over, a take-back, a redo, right? Anybody ever made a decision? Yeah, come on, every hand, right, is up again. My hand's up, making decisions and then wish you could do them over. You know when this one hits me a lot of the time? is when I'm driving in the car. Come on, anybody else? Like, when I'm driving in the car, like, I, I, I find myself, you know, like, uh, the G of course, now with the smartphones and the GPS thing, like, right, like, it's, decision making uh, in terms of directions has gotten easier, but it's still not flawless. I'm just telling, like, back in the day, listen, no, some of you youngins out there, listen, back in the day before GPSs, it was, it was horrible. I mean, honestly, some of my wife and I's worst fights in our marriage. No lie. Come on, married couples. You know it's true, don't you? Some of the worst fights we have ever had in our marriage were fights over directions. Like, ah, craziness. And even now, even now, with the GPS on my smartphone, I still find myself struggling at the moment of decision, right? Because GPSs are good, but they're not always perfect, and sometimes they can be just vague or ambiguous enough in their directions that you're kind of looking at the road signs, and you're like, I'm not real sure which way I should. It happened, this happened to us uh, in ha Anaheim. Sarah and I were, were out uh, in Anaheim a couple months ago, and so we, we flew out on a Sunday afternoon, so we had all weekend of services, and we were really tired, and, and, and so we flew out on Sunday afternoon, went to Atlanta, flew to Atlanta, and then flew to, to, into Orange County, into Anaheim. And so when, when we got to Orange County, of course, it's a three-hour time change, so we had traveled. So when we land in Anaheim, it's 11 o'clock p.m. local time, 
which means it's like 2 a.m., of course, our time, Southwest Florida time, right? And so, you know, we land, and I'm tired, and everybody's groggy, and we get the rental car, and then we have to drive like 20 or 25 minutes to our, to our hotel. So it's like 2 a.m. after a long weekend of preaching for me and travel for us. Like, this has been, it's been a long day. And so we get in the rental car, and I have my GPS pulled up for the hotel. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to follow. I'm ready to be a follower, baby. And all of a sudden, the GPS kind of gives an instruction, but it's one of those stay in the middle lane thing. And when I look up at the signs, of course, it's 2 a.m. and my eyes are foggy and I'm looking up and all of a sudden I'm like, do I go left or do I go right? Do I go left? Do I go right? Do I go left? Do I go right? And all of a sudden I panicked and I just went left, which took me right straight back into the airport parking garage. Awesome. It was Awesome. So anyway, it happens, doesn't it, right? That this decision-making thing is a big deal. Like it's, it's, it's constantly, constantly there. From the decisions we make in our life to the decisions we make behind the wheel. Come on, show of hands. How many of you would say that you're a good driver? Come on, awesome, yes, come on, awesome. You're a good driver. Okay, now, show of hands. How many of you would say your spouse is a good driver. Do not lift your hand right now. Don't do it. That's a bad decision. It's a trap. If you answer that question, do not start the holidays that way. Don't do it, spouses. I'm just telling you, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Okay, here's, here's, here's the point. Here's the point. The, the point is we've all made decisions that we wish we could do over. We've all made decisions that, that we look on and we go, man, why did I do that? I, want, I wish I had a different decision. I wish I could make a different decision. I want a different outcome. And that's why I want to talk about this this weekend. Because the decisions we make, make us. Now here's the good news. The good news is this book, the Bible, which around here at Next Level Church, we believe is the inspired word of God. This book has a lot to say to help you and I make better, wiser decisions in our life. So here's what I want to do. I want to look at one verse, one verse of scripture, and it's found in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter five, verse 14. Now, ironically, this verse actually talks about food. So this is very much a Thanksgiving uh, message. You know, here you go. So, so he, Hebrews chapter five, verse 14, let's look at it together. It's on the screen. Here's what it says. But solid food, meaning the word of God, but solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Look at that verse. Leave it up there. But solid food, but the word of God, the Bible, this book, is for the mature. And here's what he's basically saying. We'll know we are mature because mature believers in Jesus, mature followers of God, who by constant use, are constantly using this, they train themselves to distinguish good from evil. In other words, they have learned how to put this book in play so that it will affect the decisions they make in their life on a daily basis. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Three thoughts. I want to give you three thoughts this weekend. Maybe you want to write these down. Take them, take some notes or go to the Next Level Church app uh, on your smartphone or device. And three thoughts on making better decisions. Here's the first one. Number one, everyone say number one. Number one, knowledge alone is never enough. 
Knowledge alone is never enough. Three simple thoughts on making better decisions. And the first thought is this. Knowledge alone is never enough. Did you notice in the verse that it said, by constant use? It doesn't say by constant intake. It doesn't say or or constant learning or constant input. No, no, no. The verse says by constant use. That is how we make better decisions. See, church, here's what I want us to understand this weekend. It's not enough for us as Christians to just learn. We have to do. It's not enough. We have to put what we learn from the Bible into action in our lives in order for it to make a difference in our lives. The Apostle James actually uh, wrote about this and talked about this in James chapter 1, verse 22. And I want you to see this verse actually in two different kinds of translations because I I love the imagery in both. Here's the first one. It's the NIV, the New International Version, which, by the way, is what I use when I teach here at Next Level Church. Probably about 95% of the verses I quote come from the NIV. The Bible's in our resource centers at all of our locations. Those are NIV translations, New International Version. So here's what it says. Look, James chapter 1, verse 22 says this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves do what it says James is writing and he says do not merely listen to the word don't just read it don't just consume it don't just listen to it because if you just listen to it what's the word he uses you're gonna deceive the word is deceived that's a strong word isn't it You're going to deceive yourselves. No, no, no. Don't just listen. Do what it says. Now, look at the English standard version, the ESV. I like this because it it gives a little bit more fruit or flavor to it. uh, To it. Look what it says. But he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. I like that phrase. Be doers of the word, not hearers only. And then look what it says. Deceiving yourselves. Church, here's what I want us to see, and I'll be honest with you. I've been studying, reading the Bible, studying the Bible, preaching the Bible for over 25 years of my life, and I have never seen this before in this passage. That what God wants us to understand, what he makes so clear in this verse is this. One of the fastest paths to deception in our lives is knowing the word but not doing what it says. That's strong language. So deceiving yourselves, deception, deception. Really? Can that really be true? That the Bible says, listen, if you know the word, but you're not doing the word, you are setting yourself up for deception. And church, listen, I don't have to tell us, right, this weekend, when we are deceived, we are in big trouble. But that's what James is saying. That if you know the word, if you listen to the word, if you hear the word and don't do it, that's when deception starts to creep into your heart and into your life. It's like, like I, I, when, I, when I think about that, I, I picture like a warning label, right? Like on the side of cigarettes. That, you know, like it says, warning, you know, these are proven to cause lung cancer. These are proven to cause, you know, early death and other symptoms. You know, they have these warning labels on the side of a cigarette. Well, you guys, imagine if every Bible came with a warning label that said this. Warning, reading this book 
But not doing what it says can cause deception, sin, struggle, difficulty, and even death if not dealt with. What? Can you imagine? But that's true, isn't it? It's true, isn't it, that, that reading is not enough, listening is not enough. It's not enough for us to just come into church like this and, and sing a few songs and hear a good message and really think the speaker is super, super, super funny. It's not enough for us to just come in and just listen and hear and then walk out and not do what we've heard. God says, listen, you're going to end up living a life that is deceived. You're going to struggle. Sin is going to take a foothold in your life if you're listening and not doing. See, church, the power of the word of God is not in the reading of it, but in the application of it to our everyday lives. And if you don't believe that's true, I get it. That's a, a bit of a controversial statement. But how many of us have Bible verses on the hallways and on the walls of our homes, and yet our marriages are a mess? How many of us have Bible verses in our office, and yet we don't live like God wants us to live when we're at work? I'm just telling you, it's one thing to hang verses on the walls. We can do that all day long. But if the Word of God is not in here, and, it's not, and we're not living it out, then it's worthless. The power of the word is not just in hearing it, it's in doing it. The writer of Hebrews says, constant use, not constant listening, constant use. Look at the verse again, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. But solid food, the word of God, is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Here's a second thought I want to give us this weekend. Second thought I want to give us this weekend is this. The more we use, the better we get. The more we use, the better we get. The, the word of God makes it clear. Hebrews right here makes it clear that the more we use the word of God in our life, the better decisions we're going to get. The better we get it. It's like, it's like driving, I talked about following a GPS, but my son uh, took driver's ed and, and got his, his driver's permit this year. He's 15. He turned 16 in May. My youngest son, Drew. And man, for, there was a steady few weeks period of time there where he was online studying and he was reading the book and reading all the rules and the laws and the regulations and all of that. And he, was, he had studied like crazy and he takes the test and he passes the test and he gets his learner's permit and Sarah and I drive him down to the office downtown and they you do the thing and we sign and we pay the whatever and they take his picture and they give him his driver's permit. But up until that point, he's never gotten behind the wheel. So I think it was like the next Saturday or Sunday night, whatever it was. And I looked at Drew and I said, you want to go drive? And he's like, yeah, yeah, let's go drive. So he has studied the books. He's taken the tests. He understands the laws. He understands how a car works, you know, the gas pedal, the brake pedal, the, the gear shift. Like he, he understands it all in here. And so we left our neighborhood and we went down. There's a big Catholic church near our house. And so we went down to this great big Catholic church parking lot and I pulled in one of the spaces and I put it in park and I got out and Drew walked around the car and got in the driver's seat. And we just stopped and he like looks at me and I looked at him and I go, everything's different now, isn't it? And he was like, yeah, yeah. 
You know why? Because you can know everything there is to know about how a car works and gas and brake and speed limit and, and what the painting on the roads means and the street signs. You can know all of the st that stuff cerebrally, but the minute you get behind the wheel, put that car in reverse or drive and actually put your, your foot on the gas or brake pedal, everything changes. And the same is true with the word of God. See, the way to be a better driver is to get behind the wheel. The way to be a better driver is to get out and drive, to just go do it. We become a better driver by driving. That's why Drew and I are out there driving all the time. We got to get him 50 hours behind the wheel before next May. Why? Because the way to become a better driver is not to study the driver's manual more. The way to become a better driver is to take what you learned in the manual and go use it. Go learn how to use what you're learning. And church, listen, the same is true of our faith. The way to become a better follower of Jesus is by taking God's word out and applying it to our lives. The way to become a better leader is to lead. The way to become a better boss is to influence and lead people. The way to become a better husband is to be a husband every day to become a better wife, to be a wife, a better mom, to be a mom. The way to be a better follower of Jesus is to take what you're learning in the book and put it in play in your life. See, applying God's word to our life is what increases discernment in our life. I love that the verse says, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. That's the power of this. That the more we use what we're learning in the word of God, the better we get at making decisions. Look at the verse one more time. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. Look at the verse one more time. But solid food, the word of God, is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Here's the third thought. Third thought I want to give you about making better decisions this weekend is this. Maturity is obeying what God says. According to this verse, maturity, spiritual maturity in our life is about obeying what God says. Maturity is not knowing a bunch of stuff. Maturity is not memorizing a bunch of Bible verses. Maturity is applying it and using what we know in our everyday lives. Maturity is training ourselves that's how we make better decisions. We train ourselves in God's word. We say, okay, this is what it says. I'm going to internalize it and put it in play in my life. And for some of us, it's time to quit talking a good game. It's time to quit walking around pretending, acting like we got it all together. We become a good driver when we don't just know the handbook but when the handbook knows us, when the handbook gets inside of us, because now every decision we make on the road is influenced by it. And see, we become a great follower of God. Not when we know a ton of verses by memory, but when those verses know us. And when the Holy Spirit inside of us is daily training us, saying, here's a decision, here's a situation, now apply the word of God to it. Here, you're at a crossroads, apply the word of God to it. Church, that's the power. That's how we become mature in our faith. By reading God's word, 
internalizing it and applying it to the daily decisions we make in our lives. We can't just talk a good game. We have to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. Let's be doers. Let's be doers, church. Let's be doers of the word. So here's what I want to do. I want to challenge us in a couple of directions this weekend. The first is some of us, we need to get in the word. For some of us listening this weekend, it is not a regular habit of yours. It is not a regular consistent thing to open up God's word or, or go to the Bible app on your smartphone and read scripture every single day. Listen, that's step one. We can never know the word of God until we get in the word of God. And so here at Next Level Church, you guys know if you've been around for any period of time, we're always looking for easy, simple to use tools that can position us to grow in our faith. So for us, one of our core values here at Next Level Church is we call it strive to thrive. It is our, it is our goal, our purpose as a church is to help you and I, every one of us who are attenders here, to thrive in our relationship with God. And that means we've got to get in this book. So one of the tools we've been using for, my goodness, all, over 10 years now, I think, almost 10 years, is what we call our soap guides, our soap guides. And these are available in all of our foyers, all three of our locations, soap guides. And every quarter or so, I think there's about three months on here, yeah, about every quarter or so, we produce a new soap guide. And here's simply what it is. It is, it is a chapter of Scripture every day for us to read. So it's, it's December here, we're on, the, we're on the back now. December, boom, there it is. December 1st, Romans chapter 1. December 2nd, Romans chapter 2. And every day, this gives us a simple place to start. And then the SOAP method of studying God's word is this. Read the chapter, and then as you're going, underline anything that kind of jumps out at you. So any words, any phrases, any whole verses or passages that just really jump off the page at you, underline those. Don't be afraid to write in your Bible. Just underline those, boom. And then here's what we say. The S is scripture. Find the one, not three, not seven, not a whole passage. No, no. What's the one verse in that chapter that you read that applies to your life today? So maybe the, the verse says something about fear not, da, da 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 do not fear, do not be afraid. And you underline the words, do not be afraid. Then here's what we say. We say, get a journal and then write that down. Romans, da-da-da, chapter 1, verse 12. Do not be afraid. Write that verse down. That's the S. Then the O is observation. And then simply write down the simple observation. Here's what I observe in that scripture. In other words, here's what God was saying to those people back then. Then the A is application. And that is, here's what that verse is saying to me. So write the verse, observation, application. Here's how that applies to my life today. Well, I'm facing a situation. I'm really nervous about it. And the Bible says to do not fear. And so today I'm not going to fear. I'm going to trust God instead. That's it. Like, don't overthink it. Like that simple. And then the P is for prayer. And then very simply in your journal, just write a P and just write how I, here's how I like to say it. Our prayers will return our observation and application into a dedication. So God, today I dedicate myself to trusting you and not walking in fear any longer. Amen. It's that simple. So church, listen, for some of us this weekend, this is your challenge. Get in the book. 
get in the book. Start to get in the book. Why? Because the book can never get in us if we're not in the book. Get in the book. If you need a Bible, we have Bibles in our resource centers. If you need journals, I think we have journals in our resource centers. If not, just go to a store or order it on Amazon or whatever. It'll be at your house in two days. Boom. Start reading a chapter of Scripture every day. I'm telling you, if we're not in the book, it's impossible for the book to be in us. Here's a second challenge then. For some of us, we know some things, but we're not doing it. You know what God's word says about something in your life, some decision in your life. But you're not doing it. So at this point, you're just a hearer of the word, not a doer. And we know what that means. That means that if we're not careful, deception's going to creep in. And all of a sudden, we're going to convince ourselves that right is wrong and wrong is right and black is white and white is black and we're going to... We're going to get confused. Deception's going to slip in. And some of you, that's where you find yourself. Like, like, like right now, some people, you're facing a decision in your life and you feel like you're, there's so much noise, there's so much chaos around this decision and you just need to cut through the clutter. You know how you cut through the clutter? The Word of God. Let the Holy Spirit, through the power of His Word, cut through the clutter and go, this is my will for you. Step out and do that. This is what will please me. This is what will honor me. So here's my question. What do we know that we're not doing right now? What do we know that we're not doing right now? Here's what I've sensed in my spirit leading into this weekend, that there are some of us, and it's a forgiveness issue. You know God has been been challenging you. You know God's word says that you need to forgive that person just as Christ forgave you. And yet you're holding it against him. You're holding it against him. You're holding it against him. Be careful. Deception's going to start to creep in if we don't forgive. Some of us, it's tithing. And you know the word of God says, put me first with the first 10%. And you've been holding out. You know it. You know it. You know. You know there's blessing. You know there's favor. You know there's freedom. You know there's, there's liberation and generosity. You know. But you've not been doing It's time to do it. Some of us is having a conversation with a spouse or a friend. And you know there's distance between you. You know that there's something going on. And you know that you've been like, well, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. And you haven't gone to them yet. Now's the time to be a doer, not just a knower. Some of us it's stepping into a serve team. And you know God's been calling you to use your gifts, your talents, your passions, your abilities to serve others in this church at your location. God's calling you to jump on one of our teams. And you know it. But we're not doing it. Some of us is going on a missions trip. And you've been on the website and you've researched it and you even hit the reply button on the email that came about going on a trip. And you know God's calling you to go. To leave the comfortable and familiar. And go to another city. Go to another nation. And be the hands and feet of Jesus. And you're not doing it some of us it's writing a check to kingdom builders you know we've got this faith goal of three million dollars by the end of the year and you know god's challenged you sell that reevaluate that reposition that to, to be able to write that check for kingdom builders by the end of the year and you know it and you're like ah, i'm scared to do it i know some of you it's joining a freedom group in january we're going to be launching our freedom groups we'll say more about this here in the coming weeks but 
My goodness, the January semester of Freedom Groups is going to be unbelievable at all of our locations, including Cape Coral. And listen, God's already stirring your heart. And you know in your heart you're supposed to be in a freedom group, but you haven't given yourself permission to really step across and do it. Some of you, you're sleeping with your girlfriend or your boyfriend. And you know, according to God's word, that that's not okay, that God doesn't, doesn't want that. That's not God's best for your relationship. You know it. And God would say to you this weekend, hey, come on, move out. I know it doesn't make financial sense, and I know the world looks on and scoffs. Guess what? We're not here to please the world. We're here to please God. Let's be doers of the word, not just hearers. Some of you need to apologize to your kid. Just things got heated a few nights ago, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, a few years ago. And there's distance. And you know you're supposed to go first and apologize first. But you haven't done it yet. I felt this one. This is unique. Some of you are supposed to drop the lawsuit and the grudge and let the Lord be your judge. Some of you are supposed to turn in the application. And you know God's spoken to your heart that you're supposed to apply for whatever it is you're supposed to apply for. And God's saying, come on, do it. Come on, come on. Don't let the clock strike midnight without turning in that application. Send it in, send it in. Church, listen, we are only as mature as of our, as our, as, <laughs> as our last act of obedience to our Heavenly Father. So for some of us, our challenge is to get in God's Word. For some of us, it's to not just be hearers, but to do it. Come on, it's do or weekend. It's time to do it. It's time to step up. It's time to have faith, to step out and to trust our God. What he says in his word is God's best life and best plan for us. Let's be doers of the word. Not just hearers only because it's as we apply God's word to our life that we make better decisions. Come on, let's pray together. Everybody bow your heads at every one of our locations. I'm going to ask our campus pastors to come and join me on stage this weekend at all of our locations. And I want to say this. For some of us, we've come into this place and we don't know Jesus as our Savior. We are far from God. Well, the best decision you can make in your life, the greatest, the best decision we could ever make is to put our faith in Jesus Christ, to forgive us our sins and to begin a relationship with us. Your best decision is still ahead of you, which is to put God first, to say yes to a relationship with Jesus. And I want to give you a chance to do that. Come on, every location that you're sitting in, if you want to say yes to a relationship with Jesus, would you slip your hand up right now? Come on, one, two, three. Come on, put your hands up right now. Awesome, thank you. Come on, keep them up just for a second, just for a second. Nobody talking, looking around, nobody moving. This is just a, 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 a quiet moment between you and your heavenly Father. And now here's what I want to do. I want to pray for us. And if you've lifted your hand, I want, to, I want you to pray this prayer with me in your heart. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me and bringing me into this church this weekend for this moment. This is my moment. I invite you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean and make me a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I want to pray for every one of us. Heavenly Father, I pray over the decisions we make. Lord, thank you for this one verse about solid food from Hebrews 5. 
that Lord, the true test and sign of maturity is not knowledge acquisition. It's not how much we know. It's about what we do with what we know. It's how we apply God's word to our life, that that is the key to making better decisions. And when we make better decisions, those better decisions will make us. So Lord, I pray that in the coming days, the coming hours, God, you would give us the courage and strength we need to honor you, to not just be hearers of the word, but doers as well. God, we don't want to live in deception. We want to live in truth. And we want spirit and truth to guide us in all of our ways. May we go from this place today, walking in truth, applying it to our life, knowing that the decisions we make are going to get better. And that means our life is about to get a whole lot better. For this, God, we're so thankful. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody at every location who agreed said, amen.